Welcome to another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, the Cali Chief breaks down the Chiefs season finale against the Chargers. WWE superstar Baron Corbin calls in and gives his thoughts on the Chiefs season as well as his fandom over the years. But first, we start things off with a look back at some of the best sound from the press conferences during this past week. We kick things off with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, that's we're, we're still building. I think that's the biggest thing. I know we're at the end of the season, but I feel like every single week you can see this team's getting better. And uh, we want to have that momentum uh, of going out there and playing our best football going into the playoffs. And so we understand that Chargers are a really good football team, uh, and we, we know it's going to be a great challenge. So we're going to come in with the mindset that we've had these last few weeks of uh, playing our best football. The seeding stuff, with you – Keep any eye at all on what's happening with New England. You pay attention during the game. Uh, I, I won't be other than maybe if they do like the score updates on the the scoreboard, and you, you kind of have to. But I want to have that mindset that I've had these last few weeks of just playing playing the football the best way that we uh, that I can, and really helping our team and our offense grow uh, every single week. And uh, whatever happens there, it happens. But we know we have that mindset of a week by week, day by day, of being our the best people that we can be. Pat, can you compare where you guys are as an offense and as a team at this point to where you were at this point last year? Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, as a team, obviously, I feel like we're playing really good football right now, uh, offense, defense, and special teams. And as an offense, I feel like we st- we're kind of hitting our stride here at, at, as the, we get to the playoffs, uh, where last year we kind of were kind of hot throughout the middle, and as the season kind of got ended, we kind of were fluctuating a little bit. I feel like we're really building right now at the end, end of the season. How do you see that? momentum building offensively. What, what are you looking at that tells you that? Yeah, I think that we're, we're able to really do a different variety of things. Uh, we, we're hitting our shot plays, but if you look at this last game, it was it was moving the ball down the field a different way than we usually do, and I feel like that as an offense, we're able to do different things this year that we weren't last year, and that, that's going to really help us out going into the playoffs. You guys haven't scored as many points recently as you did last year, but you haven't needed to. Mm-hmm. You feel like if you get into a game where you guys need a, a big score, you guys are still capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think we've we got the opportunity. We've gotten and shown before that we're able to put up points if we need to. But if, if the defense is playing like like it's been these last few weeks, we're going to keep doing what, what we've been doing and putting up enough points, and then uh, finding a way to get a win in the end. Pat, if you look at uh, statistics, even dating back to maybe like your high school days, it's been a long time since you've ever really had a, a, a solid defense. What's how much fun are you having that now on the other side of the ball you're you're getting some of that support? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, first off, just to see those guys who've put in the work uh, succeed uh, on that side of the ball. I mean, I've seen them every single day going through these extra walkthroughs and, and meeting with each other, and meeting with the coaches and doing whatever they need to do in order to, to play like they've been playing of late. And then and then with me and the offense, we understand that if we can go out there and put up some points that we're they're going to hold the lead for us and we're going to find a way to get a win. Damian Williams last season came along at the end of the season. Of course, he came on late, but then he really progressed toward the end. Philly's going to be ready for that stretch run now that he's healthy and getting ready to it's yeah, I think, uh, I mean, as you, if you look through this season, and the, the fact that we've been able to use all these different running backs, that's going to really help us out going into the playoffs. I mean, a lot of these guys have gotten opportunities, shown that they can make plays happen, and uh, we'll be able to use them in different variety of ways as we kind of make this uh, stretch run. With a five-game win streak, Patrick, uh, a number of guys have said it really began 
shortly after the loss to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Just what do you remember about that exchange and what it was like that work week leading up to the next game that sort of allowed this win streak to sort of begin? I think I think the biggest thing was just the amount of focus that you, we kind of got after that game. I mean, if you look at that the Tennessee game, we felt like we, we could have won that game, but we kind of lost focus there at the end of the game as offense, as a defense, and special teams. And so I think you saw a, a greater attention to detail uh, from each and every person in, the, in this locker room of what they have to do each and every week in order to put their team put the team in the best uh, shape to win. No, I I knew I was trying to fit, I knew I tried to fit it in and and throw it. So I knew I had to kind of rip it because the guy was behind him. But the the catch was spectacular. I mean, the way he was able to catch that ball, running with all that momentum across the field, and it was a little behind. I thought it was going to be uh, potentially intercepted. And he was able to just reach back and, and make a catch on that. And it really was a big play in the game to kind of get that first drive going. And then we found a way to score and kind of got the momentum in our favor. Have you seen the video after your touchdown when you were counting on your fingers? And have you seen all the upwards cost on national television? I've seen the video. Uh, and, I mean, I've I've seen people talk about it. But for me, it's just going out there and playing football and loving it while you're doing it. But it was it you did it for a reason. No, I, I'm not, not necessarily a reason. Just kind of enjoying it out there. When, when you guys have plays, there's some stats out there, 3rd and 15, 3rd and 18, whatever. I mean, just your numbers are really good at doing that. Where does it come from? Is it attitude? Is it the, the coach believes it third and eighteen is not a problem? You can you know go ahead and try to get a first down. Don't check it down. Where, where does that come from? Is it more you, more him, more the guys around you to just say let's go get a first down, not give up? I mean, first I think I mean coach preparing us uh, for those situations. I mean we we have times in training camp where it's just third and long, where we're third and eleven plus, and we're working uh, against the defense, knowing that they're in the more of the the prime position that they want to be in to try to get stops, but he's putting us in those situations so that we're prepared to either hit the first down or check it down and find a way to try to knife through and get the first down. And and then I think it goes with a lot of trust between teammates. I mean, when you when you have a third and long like that, the offensive line has to do their job of protecting and, and for a long time, and then the receivers have to do their job of getting open, and then they have to trust that I'm going to put the ball out on time and still give, give them chances to make plays. And I think just first preparing that way and then trusting each other has given us the opportunities to, to make some of these third and longs happen. Do you feel like, Pat, you're more prepared for what the defense is doing in all these situations than maybe there's less surprise for you on those downs than maybe on a regular down and distance situation? Yeah, I, I, I think just in general I, I'm more prepared just because more experience that I've had this year and, and going into last year, I really try to use all that experience to prepare myself. I mean, there's still times where I feel like the defense gets me, but that, that happens. I mean, there are great defensive players over there and great coaches on that side of the ball too. But whenever – I get an unscouted look. I'm able to kind of fall, fall back on stuff that I've done now in my short career, and I hopefully we'll keep building that uh, memory bank as I go. When was the last time you felt like the defense got you? Was there anything you can point to in the Chicago game, for instance? Yeah, the Chicago game, they hit me with a, a blitz where they dropped kind of both their ends, and they brought both uh, a dime 26 bush on this side, and then they brought the uh, nickel uh, uh, number 24 on the other side, and and they got me with my protection call, and so I kind of was hot, and I kind of just threw one in the middle of nowhere because I, cause I, they, they had got me, which I probably shouldn't have done, but uh, there's still times every game where they get you because, I mean, defense is, they're, they're scouting us just like we're scouting them. I think, it was week six, I think it was week 13 when you said you, you felt the healthiest you've been since week one. Unique year where it seems like you're getting a little stronger each week. Do you feel that sensation where you're feeling 
you know, with all the injuries, a little bit more comfortable each and every single week? Yeah, I, th I think so. Each and every week, uh, I'm able to kind of still go through the rehab and the treatment process uh, and, and just prepare my body. And I feel like this year I've learned that is even if I'm not feeling, even if I am feeling 100%, uh, I still want to go in there and take care of my body. Whereas last year, I might have just got out, got out of here whenever I was done with my film study. I've really spent more time in the training room just preparing my body, just knowing that I need to be the best shape possible going into the playoffs. Did they want you to do that, or did you seek that out and say, okay, I'm going to almost do prehab here? Yeah, as I kind of – I mean, I was I was kind of in the training room early with an ankle injury that I've kind of realized that I, I just want to keep taking care of my body in that in that way. And uh, I thought I thought I was before that, but just this year I've really understood that I can take care of my body even better. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. in a row with one game to go at home in the friendly confines of Arrowhead Stadium amongst all of Chiefs Kingdom looking on as they face the hated rival Los Angeles Chargers people welcome to the final regular season Red Friday roundtable it's Christmas time so it's just going to be you and I all you listeners are my guests at the table tonight. We're talking, it's the night after Christmas. Recording this early. Got stuff to do tomorrow. I hope you'll be listening. And I'm here to tell you, this team is for real. This team is legit. This team, the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs, have the best chance to win the Super Bowl that they've had in my lifetime. And I love it. Yes, including last year. Better than last year. The points might not be there on offense. We've had some hiccups. We've had some offensive line injuries. We've had some running back injuries. We've had wide receivers like Tyreek Hill out for a while. We've had Patrick hurt. It happens. It's the NFL. Not for long. National Football League. People get hurt. They lose time. How your team does while they're out, while they're being quarterbacked by a guy like Matt Moore. Thanks, Matt. That shows their true character. And this team has plenty of character. I submit to you fans that the Tennessee Titan game, which the Chiefs should have won, they had it wrapped up. They let it trickle away. They snatched defeat from the jaws of victory by making a couple of comical yet sad errors at the end of the game on special teams and just failing on offense, failing to close the game out. And I think that was the last slap in the face that they needed to remind them. It can all be over like that. Six inches into the neutral zone. One blocked kick. One missed field goal. All these things. One botched snap can end your hopes. And I think that really shook them. Because the last five games, they've been downright impressive. The defense has truly clicked. The defense looked like they clicked the first time we played Denver. 
when they forced three fumbles and had nine sacks. In lieu of Patrick Mahomes being on the field, he was gone in the second quarter. We had Matt Moore out there balling, doing what he could, just fresh off the high school campus. And that team won. One going away at Denver. Crushed him. It was great. Outrushed him 80 yards to 71. Like I said, nine sacks and three forced fumbles. We played Green Bay the next week. We lost that game, but it was a battle right down to the end with Matt Moore at quarterback once again. Got outrushed 118 yards to 88, but 118 yards, that's not awful. And I submit that if Patrick was in there, we win that football game. We make a couple more plays. All the way Aaron was making his plays, I think Patrick could make a couple plays to match him. Could have been the difference. The Minnesota game outrushed them 147 to 96 rushing yards. Hear that, people? The team that can't run and can't stop the run is outrushing people. Same thing after the Tennessee game. The Tennessee game came in, that anomaly with that monster running back and just a few. I was at that game. Awful calls. A lot of holding going on. Nobody seemed to see it. Nice Tennessee Titans game. We meet him again in the playoffs. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be a beatdown of epic proportions. That monkey, that Tennessee Titan monkey, will be off the Chiefs' back at the end of this season. Whether we play him or not, hoisting Lombardi has a way of making people feel better about things. But that team's not meant to beat us in this year's playoffs. It's not going to happen. The next game after that was the L.A. Chargers in Mexico City. Horrible field. Four interceptions, two sacks. Outrushed them 130 yards to 93. Then the next week we got outrushed by the best running back rookie in the league this year, in my opinion, Josh Jacobs. 132 yards for that team. But we got two picks and two sacks, and we had 96 yards rushing, which was fine. It was enough. It was all we needed with Patrick slinging it. And the Patriots outrushed us by 19 yards. Picked Tom off, sacked him three times, had a number of flags that were thrown against them, picked up miraculously, and yet the fans still feel like they got jobbed. The Patriot fans who were given an extra 111 penalty yards, but nobody wants to talk about that. Beat them soundly. Speaking of that New England game, the last passing touchdown the Chiefs' defense has allowed happened at the 12.34 mark in the first quarter. 12 minutes and 34 seconds to go in the New England game in the first quarter is the last time the Chiefs gave up a passing touchdown. Think about that. Think about that. Two full games in three full quarters. Almost four full quarters. Almost three full games, the Chiefs have not allowed a passing touchdown. The last rushing touchdown that was allowed by the Chiefs' defense. Four minutes and 23 seconds to go in the third quarter versus New England. The only reason they were in field position was because of a special teams play that we blew up on ourselves. We all heard it. There's a special play called half the team got it, half the team didn't. Mental errors, people. Got to avoid those, especially against teams that have been there and done that, like the Patriots in the playoffs. But that was the last time anybody ran the ball across the goal line against the Chiefs. And that was with a quarter and change to go in again the New England game. 
which was nine quarters ago. This team does not allow touchdowns, is what that tells me. This team takes away the ball. This team sacks people. Sack Nation is back, baby. In the last five games, the Chiefs, who supposedly can't run the ball and can't stop the run, have outrushed their opponents 499 yards to 472. 99.8 yards per game for the Chiefs, 94.4 per game for their opponents. Meanwhile, intercepting eight opposing balls and sacking opposing quarterbacks 12 times. This defense is getting after it. It's getting crazy out there. I'm kind of enjoying it. I won't lie. This team is meant to travel. This team is meant to win. We saw the snow game at Arrowhead. We saw the cold game on the road to Chicago. Patrick's slinging it. He's back, people. He's ran a couple touchdowns in. Just dusting past people like they're standing still. His knee's looking great. His ankle's better. We needed that ankle to get better. It sucked to see him go down and hurt his knee like that. It's hard to watch. But that forced the team to give him time. And that allowed his ankle to heal. And he's all the better for it. And this team is better for it. Him getting hurt was the rallying cry this team needed of, hey, we could lose him at any given moment. One play away from losing him. Let's take advantage while he's here. While he's healthy. While he's the leader of the Chiefs. Which could be hopefully for the next 15 to 18 years. This kid is amazing. He's young. There's needles pointing up. Take care of him. And the franchise is in great hands for the next two decades. It's Christmas. We're on a five-game win streak. We're ending the season hosting the Chargers with a chance to go into the playoffs as the number two seed should New England fall to the Dolphins. The Chiefs game and the Patriots game are at the same time. So they're going to be balling out. They want to win out. We want to win out. Number two seed is in the brink right now. They're going to have to push it. The Texans say they're going to play their people. They play after the Chiefs game. They play the Titans. They're playing for division pride. As well as wanting to hold on to their seeding. The Titans need to win to get in. Titans lose. The Steelers are playing the Ravens who said they're going to be resting people. Now whether the Steelers are strong enough to beat a diminished Ravens team is yet to be seen. It's a division rival. Harbaugh's going to get him fired up. He's going to get him coached up. But the Steelers are division rivals with the Ravens. They're going to give everything they got. It's an interesting little set of circumstances that's going to decide the last wild card team. But the Chiefs are in it. Whether they're second seed, third seed, or fourth seed, if somehow the Texans manage to skip past them. I don't see that happening. I don't see Andy Reid letting his foot off the gas for this game. He said they're playing to win, and I believe it. But in the meantime, people, there's a lot of people out there worried. I look at the stats that back up this team's ability. Chiefs have 15 more first downs than their opposition this season. The Chiefs have 15 more third down conversions in 10 fewer attempts. Chiefs are 60% on fourth down conversions, 6 out of 10. Their opponents have tried 27 and have barely gotten 50% completion rating. That shows you how afraid of our offense they are. 
they know they might not get another chance if they lose that ball. They might be behind two scores, three scores before they know it. Chiefs have gained over 500 more yards. They're getting almost a yard extra per play on offense. All around, this team is better. 42 sacks to 25, plus 7 turnover ratio. 46 touchdowns to 33, 13 more touchdowns. And 12 more field goals than our opposition. Time of possession. Chiefs are behind 21 seconds on the season. Think about that. There's a few games where it was really lopsided. And yet these teams who have come into Kansas City and have played Kansas City on the road have been trying to control the ball and keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, out of the Chiefs' offensive hands, made a determined effort to do so, have only managed to keep the ball a measly extra 21 seconds. (laughs) That's awesome. That excites me. I like that a lot. Travis Kelsey breaking records all over the place. Patrick Mahomes' numbers, way down. Doesn't matter. One more win, it's the same record as last season. It's got half the touchdowns, a third of the picks. I'll take that. Same number of wins, I'll take that. Considering he was out for almost three full games, I will take that. Every day and twice on Sunday. Damian Williams came back last week. He's running like he did against the Colts in the playoffs. This man wants the ball. This man wants to help lead this team to where they almost got last year and should have gotten to. But there's not going to be any almost this year. It's going to be Chiefs versus fill-in-the-blank at the Super Bowl in Miami. And I believe our Kansas City Chiefs are going to win it. And I think it's going to be the first of a number of championship titles. This is the team to do it. This is the leadership to lead them to it. From the coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, quarterback, defensive role players, offensive skilled players, this is a great team, people. We're seeing a very special situation in Kansas City right now, and we all need to enjoy it. But right now, as you listen to this recording, it's Red Friday, week 17, and it's Christmas time, people. It's the holidays. Whether it's Hanukkah, Christmas, or whatever other festive celebration you have going on, be it festivus for the rest of us, I don't know what you might have grown up doing to celebrate this time of year, but it's a wonderful, some say the most wonderful, time of the year. So I'm going to leave you with a little Christmas story, if you will. This is Thunder Dan, the Cali Chief from Chief's Wire. And this is the night after Christmas. This is the night after Christmas, and all through the land, not a Chiefs fan should worry, says I, Thunder Dan. For our whole team is peaking at the right time of year. They've clinched the division. Playoffs soon will be here. Four straight AFC West titles provide the kingdom with belief that when the dust all settles, the Lombardi will be held by a chief. Kansas City has waited a long 50 years. Miami in February is where our team must appear. All season, the fans' chants have been Super Bowl or bust. 
the drum I've been beating is in Andy, Patrick, and Brett. In this Chiefs team, I trust. Other teams have their reasons. They think they belong. But the Chiefs play down the stretch proves that their claim is strong. With each loss or player injured, the pundits did clatter. Will this stop the Chiefs? To quote The Rock, it doesn't matter. Wherever they play or whatever their seed, the team's single-minded focus is easy to see. It's all about winning, one play at a time. The Chiefs are doing the intimidating as the honey badger points at his mind. You want to mess with this defense? Don't even start. Teron Matthew will soon show you that he's just too smart. The offense is balanced and keeps a rap tap tap tapping. Opponents know this Chiefs offense is a big play waiting to happen. Don't fret over penalties or a referee's bad call. Our D-line is sack nation. And our DBs steal the ball. With Andy and Spags guiding them and Mahomes slinging that ball. Whoever they face, the Chiefs are ready to dash away, dash away, dash away all for the final time this regular season. Go Chiefs. Chief Safety Teron Mathal discusses the Honey Badger nickname as well as his thoughts on the season. I mean, you guys have obviously been on a really hot streak defensively. Is it just kind of a momentum thing that's built? I mean, what do you guys feel when you're out there? I, I saw you many times on Sunday pointing yeah. your helmet like you're seeing what's going to happen. Uh, well, you know, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, we're having a lot of fun right now. Um, I think at this point in the season, um, you know, guys understand their job responsibilities and, I think Spags always preaches, preaches, you know, my job plus, and that's really just handle your job and, you know, if you see something, go make a play. And I think a lot of guys just been buying into that and, and obviously just simply doing their jobs. Tyron, I know one of the, one of the guys you're, you're most proud of for the way he's played this season and improved his Charverius. Just what do you remember when you were first meeting him and then trying to explain what you see on the field that may benefit him? Well, you know, I think probably one of the first things I noticed from him was, you know, he was really competitive. Um, you know, I remember in the spring, you know, just running sprints and, you know, he was really like one of the few guys that was trying to run faster than me. You know what I mean? So I, I picked up on that quick and, um, you know, he was a guy that, that really stayed green this whole process. Um, you know, he kept learning, he kept growing, um, and he continues to challenge himself. Um, you know, you can see when he gives up a catch, you know, he, he gets frustrated, and uh, I think ultimately, you know, that's what you want, you know, from a guy who, who he sees himself as, you know, our best cornerback. A lot of your success, I think, recently, we mentioned a point in your head, has come from pill study. And do you sense that the fellow guys are, are seeing that and how it's benefiting you and maybe wanting to spend the extra hours it takes to, to maybe get on that level? Yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, probably, you know, take myself out of it. You know, really, really proud of the guys that's around me and, you know, how much they studied and, you know, how much time they put in outside the building. Um, I think our coaches do a good job, too, of, you know, just assigning guys certain responsibilities. Um, you know, for instance, I have third down. So it's important for me to kind of communicate with the group what I see on third down and, you know, so on and so on. So a lot of different guys have different responsibilities um, or things that they need to study. And I think all those little things has kind of helped us grow into this defense, um, a lot of guys taking it personal. They feel like it's their responsibility to, 
you know, to go out there, play well, execute, and, you know, really make plays. Tom, back in the spring, you mentioned that you were, or I guess maybe in camp, you mentioned that you wanted to be a leader on, on defense. Was that difficult before knowing the intricacies of the defense, and is that coming as the season's gone on because you know so much more about what you guys are trying to do? I think, you know, I think leadership, I think it's a lot of different things. Um, I think initially, you know, me coming in here was more so, you know, obviously, you know, really about me showing up to work each and every day. Um, you know, a lot of workouts are voluntary <laughs> in, the, in the off season. So um, I, I think from that standpoint, you know, you want to show up. You want to let guys know that, you know, you're willing to work um, even when you don't necessarily have to be here. And, and then once the season gets here, um, you know, you want to feel comfortable enough, um, you know, in the defense that, that you're able to teach a guy this or, you're able to motivate a guy to, to do certain things. Um, but um, I think the leadership, I think it changes throughout the season. I think right now it's all about me, you know, constantly showing up to work, setting the tempo, setting the vibe, um, you know, really not letting us get relaxed. Was this voluntary thing something they talked to you when they were pursuing you to sign here? Is someone who they would like to have come to the voluntary things and kind of lead that way? Was that a discussion at all? No, uh, not really. Um, you know, I've, I've always been around good dudes. Um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, Calais Campbell, Pat P, you know, J.J. Watt. You know, guys who probably didn't have to be there, but they still showed up. So um, I'd probably say, you know, I, I came up under some, some really good guys. When you guys faced Rivers last time, uh, Coach Spags was just in here telling us a few times he still got that putting his team in the right spot, yeah. you know, to make the plays. Yeah. Maybe, you know, threw a couple passes that weren't great, but he's, this is still a pretty good chess match when you're playing against him, yeah. what he sees and how he get, goes about it. Without a doubt, um, I think, you know, each and every play he's going to get to the line, you know, other than design run plays, I think, you know, he's going to get to the line, he's going to check into a play um, that, that he's comfortable with, um, a play that, you know, he feel like he can, you know, really, you know, stress the defense out. So, um, uh, it'll be important to kind of, you know, disguise. Um, he, he chews up a lot of the play clock, um, so uh, you know we're expecting that. And um, and then from there is just you know formation recognition. Um, you know this is their last game of the season. They don't have anything to play for after this. Um, you know, so we're expecting some some gimmick plays. But I think they're going to line up, do what they do best, um, and, and ultimately try to play hard to really beat us. One common phrase we've seen from you recently, uh, a little bit more, is championship swagger. Just in your own words, what is yeah, I think, you know, it's really, you know, you having an idea of, you know, really where you want to go and, and then everything that it takes to, to get there. And um, I think body language is, is really important, um, uh, which we do a great job with. Um, I think, you know, your commitment to the process is, is extremely important. Um, and then the film study being prepared so that when you do go out there on Sunday, um, you know, everybody knows that you know what's going on. And, um, you know, like Dion used to say, you look good, you play good. Is <laughs> <laughs> there anything you about Terrell Suggs this last week and a half being around him? Say that one more time. Is there anything you've wanted about Terrell Suggs being around him this last week and a half? I mean, a true, true veteran. Um, you know, uh, I think he has a lot of that championship swagger. Um, you know, comes to work every day, always taking notes. Um, I can remember a few plays in that game. You know, I saw him scraping down the ball, and I mean, he looks like he's 28. Um, so we could keep him fresh in the playoffs. Uh, uh, he's going to help us out a lot. You had a few games early in the season where you played maybe 70 snaps, close to 80 snaps. In this winning streak, you know, you've been probably around 60, even less. 
Does that make a difference? Do you feel that late in the season, maybe having a little bit lighter workload going to the playoffs? You know what? I've, I've been blessed, man, last, really the last couple seasons um, to, to really be injury-free, you know, mentally, to, to be free. And um, I think my coaches do a great job really – you know, really load managing me through the week. Um, I probably do the most running of anybody throughout the week. Um, but my coaches do a good job of really, you know, I feel fresh on game day. Uh, my mind is clear. Uh, my legs feel good. Uh, and I'm, I'm ready to roll. Are you guys where you need to be defensively? Everybody's patting you on the back the last four or five weeks because you play so well. But are you where you need to be if you're going to go to where you want to go? No, I mean, you know, it, for us, it's, you know, we feel like we could be so much better. Um, and I know we've been playing great ball, but there's still some little things we can we can clean up. And um, I think Spags is, is really doing a great job of, you know, not being one of those people that's patting us on the back. So um, I think that goes a long way. And we got a lot of guys in our room that's, you know, we, we, we still aren't necessarily full. Uh, we, we, we didn't have enough to eat yet. Um, so uh, uh, we're excited to continue to play more games, um, uh, especially this one. This week is a division game. And um, you know, we know we'll have plenty of opportunities to, you know, to get the ball back to Pat. Tyron, I, I read in here, we all read in here different uh, points about Honey Badger, whether you, you are still the Honey Badger, whether you've renounced the Honey Badger name. I'm just curious. I don't think you've been asked about it since you've been here. What Do, do you still embrace the name? And if not, why not? If so, why? You know what? I, I, don't, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. Um, you know, a lot of people... You know, they're familiar with Honey Badger, not necessarily Tyron Matthew. Um, I think what I went when I went through what I went through um, about seven years ago, um, I was just trying to get people to, you know, really detach that from Tyron Matthew. And um, but I think I did a good job of that. I think most people, you know, recognize it's a difference. Um, Tyron is a good guy. I think Honey Badger is he's emotional. He's excited to play football. So. I think people know the difference now, so I can live with it. You yeah. be, are you a little bit of both now? Is that what you Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> can I be both? Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> it. Thank you. Hey, good morning, T. Corbin. How are you doing? I'm quite well, man. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us this morning, man. Oh, no problem, dude. Always happy to. Definitely. And uh, I work for the Chiefs Wire, part of USA Today Sports. And uh, we knew that you were a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, so we wanted to make sure we got you on the site and uh, just got your thoughts on the Chiefs and something like the, the greatest moments in Chiefs history. Um, dude, I mean, for me, the greatest moments were always going to tailgate in the morning. That, like, that's, I think, the family atmosphere of the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, you know, going to Arrowhead. I remember getting there at, you know, 5 a.m. before the gates opened, and then it was a race to your spot and getting there and, uh, growing up, I had a, a friend of mine's dad who turned like a small school bus into a cheese van, and they built it out with grills. And so, like that's what I remember, and like that's my history is just you know being there Sunday mornings and grilling out with my friends and family and going in and out of the game and just hearing the roar of the crowd from the parking lot sometimes because um, you know when we were ten years old, we'd have two tickets for a couple of us, so we'd switch in and out going in and out of the games and. Um, you know, just being a part of that every weekend growing up, I think is f for me, the history, but, um, you know, and then getting to train with guys like, you know, Will Shields helped train me for my transition into the NFL. Um, you see like Willie Rove come through, Dick Vermeil, Wigman, Priest Holmes, like having conversations with those guys. Like to me, it's just kind of, I feel like the chiefs are in my blood, man, good or bad or different on how we're doing on the season. But it's just that, 
it's just in my blood. I mean, I definitely hear that. And I just want to get your, your take so far on the season. They just clinched the AFC West heading into another playoff. Uh, what are your thoughts so far with this team? Um, I'm a bunch of things. I mean, it's been an exciting year. I was at the game uh, versus Baltimore with uh, Eric Stone Street. We had a good time at the game. And, and so that scares me a little bit that we got the win over Baltimore and then, you know, potentially seeing them in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, we had six pro, pro bowlers just, uh, you know, get added to the roster, which I think is amazing uh, for Kansas City to have six guys going to the Pro Bowl. Um, the new addition of Suggs, I think, is going to be huge for our defense. Um, he's still got some play left in him. You know, going into the playoffs, I feel good this year. I'm always a little little weary because we struggled. We get that big win last year at home in the playoffs. But, um, you know, I think it's exciting getting that win over the Patriots. I think everybody – Mahomes has got his uh, head in the right place. Kelsey's catching on fire right now when he should be. So there's so many things that are starting to go. Our defense is, is playing lights out right now. So that all going into the playoffs, I think we're really clicking at the right time. It definitely is. I'm definitely looking at that. And uh, I just got to ask you now, like just going back in history a little bit because you've been a Chiefs fan pretty much your whole life, who is your favorite Chiefs player all time and why? Um, dude, being an offensive lineman, uh, the, the, the powerhouse O-line we had, uh, you know, when I said like Wigman, Shields, Rofe, like those, those are my, my chief heroes cause they were just huge. You, you meet Willie Rofe in, in person and he's just a monster. Like he looks like a gigantic lumberjack and, uh, he, he just moves unbelievable. So, and, and Priest Holmes, I think is unbelievable. Dante X was, was such a, a firecracker for so long. Um, there's just been so many good players that have come through. Obviously, Derek Thomas. Like, I mean, what a legend that that he's put down. Uh, it's it's hard to pick one man. <laughs> but I, I'm an O lineman guy, so so that that powerhouse O line we had. I think that's my just those dudes collectively were amazing under Vermeil. No, definitely, definitely it was a nice group back then. Uh, just speaking of another guy that played under Vermeil. And this is a, a comparison that, you know, they like to throw out there, especially with uh, Kelsey just breaking a record. Who would you prefer if you had to have one tight end? It's a tough one. Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey? Oh, man, dude, you did make it impossible. Um, I mean, Gonzalez, he, he's just – not only is he a stand-up awesome human being, but, like, the, the amount of – uh, ability in that guy from, you know, blocking standpoint to, uh, you know, obviously throwing catch, but he's just an all-around tight end. Like, there's not many of those all-around tight ends. And he played for so long. And he just really, you know, Kansas City all the way through, it, there's just so many factors. I think I would have to go to Dallas just because of the, the length of uh, time he played the game. You know, Kelsey's still young, still fine. I mean, he's he's incredible, but um, I'm going with Gonzalez. Okay, definitely fair. He's got a Pro Football Hall of Famer. So yeah, I know it's, it's hard. It's hard to go against like, <laughs> the true proven uh, long time thing. Man. Exactly. Kelsey is an entertaining human being, though. I, I think he's got a lot of personality, which helps um, him play the game at the level he does. I definitely understand that. And uh, you had mentioned, obviously, being an offensive lineman uh, back in the day. What do you remember most about your time in the NFL um, when you spent with the Colts and the uh, Cardinals? 
just the attitude, um, being around those group of guys, like the, the attitude, the team atmosphere. Um, you know, and then when you get in the NFL, like it, it is a job it, through and through. It is you're earning your paycheck, and there's guys coming after your paycheck. So it, it's just that that protective kind of attitude you have towards how you play, how your team plays, and, and getting those wins. And it's just that family, you know, it's ride or die, if you will, because, you know, you guys are all going to battle on Sundays or, or Monday nights or Thursdays. So it, it's a group and a family that makes the sacrifices together. And, um, you know, hopefully those always pay off at the end of the season. And I think they are for the Chiefs this year for sure. Definitely, definitely. And I just want to, like, also just ask just to describe your transition from playing football professionally to becoming a successful WWE superstar. I think a lot of it is – um, the mentality that you get when you try to make it to the NFL because it's such a, a hard-fought road. I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of, of college football players trying to get to the NFL, and there, there's 32 teams with, you know, 52-man rosters. It's tough to get to that level, and you have to have that dedication from uh, the second you wake up to the second you go to bed. And, you know, you have to tailor every aspect of your life around finding success and getting to that level. And I I think that helped me to make that transition because I understand the sacrifice and the grind to getting to the elite level. And the WWE is, is the number one, um, you know, place to be for a guy who wants to be a superstar. And it's not easy. There's, there's people all over the world that are trying to get here and continually trying to get here. So once you get here, you can't get complacent. It's one of those things where you have to continue on the grind, make yourself better um, keep people interested in what you're doing. So uh, just that mentality of hard work, I think, is the biggest thing that helped from NFL to uh, WWE. Okay. And uh, so far in your career, uh, has there been a WWE legend that has influenced you the most in your progression? Um, there's been a few that have really kind of taken part. And, uh, you know, Undertaker's a guy I really looked up to and, there's some similarities on the physicality and the uh, mentality. So he's a guy I kind of grab onto anytime I'm around. Uh, and he, he seems very willing to help me. You know, not a lot of guys are going to want to give out secrets or their, you know, things that really help them get by. But he's a guy who's kind of grabbed onto me as well and, and helped tailor um, how I do things and how I think about putting things together. And uh, even he's really played a, a significant role in helping me find success. And same with Triple H. You know, he's a guy who's been hands-on with me since day one and uh, is always interested in, in what I'm doing and how I'm doing and how I can evolve. So those two guys have played, you know, major roles in, in helping me grow. Okay, I definitely hear that. And my last question, uh, so far in your career, you've been a lone wolf, constable, Raw general manager, uh, champion, and the latest is obviously the king of the ring as King Corbin. What is the next big step for you in 2020? Um, to get a title around my waist. I think, you know, I want to get my hands on that, that WWE championship. So that I think that's the next step, and that's the next logical step for me because I have earned all of these stripes, and now it's time to put some gold around the waist. Definitely hear that. Uh, king Corbin, thank you so much for taking the time, man. And, uh, you know, have a great new year. I appreciate that. And we'll keep rocking with these Chiefs, man. Definitely. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, brother. Take care. Take care.
For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.